Hello, this is Richard S. from the Film and TV Show, and this is something a little bit different. This is the 753 Film Club, coming to you from Yaxley in Peterborough, and I have with me Stuart Howe and Lee Alberga, and we will do a weekly review of a film we have seen at our film club. Uh, And this week's one is Near Dark. Yeah, so we watched. What was it we watched? Near Dark. Yeah, Near Dark. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen that before. Me I've neither. Never, seen it. never heard of it till it was mentioned a little while back, and I made a point not to watch it or find out anything about it. So yeah, it's pleasant surprise, really. It's. Um, I think it's. It's. We, we discussed this earlier. But it's one of those missing resume movies, isn't it? This is. This <laughs> yeah. is a, a vampire movie from 1987. Um, it's something that um, there's three of us sitting here talking and, and none of us had actually seen it never, never and, heard um, of it Richard's young <laughs> Lee and myself were considerably older that's slightly um, so older, this would have been you. our era um, this would have been the popcorn movie of when we were younger wouldn't it well you say that but I'd never heard of it so it was never even well, because on the radar it, but that's because it was overshadowed must have been by all the films that come out in 87 because we had all those films I mean you had um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop you had um, one of the Terminators was it Terminators yeah you had uh, and those people had big name, big name actors in them yeah yeah a lot of them were, were a lot more a lot more well publicised I would imagine hmm. this one kind of snuck in under the radar yeah um, just to give you an idea of some of the movies of 87 Oh, this, this isn't me. I'm not picking them off the top of my head here. This is um, with the help of, um, of Google. Predator, yep. Lethal Weapon, The Lost Boys, Robocop, The Untouchables, wow. Full Metal Jacket, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Fatal Attraction, You know, uh, Good Morning Vietnam, Nightmare on Elm Street can go on and on and on. Dirty Dancing. It's a massive year for film. And those, yeah. uh, and those, so this, this got lost in the mix, yeah, didn't it? It got, lit, it got lost. And do you remember back then when we used to watch uh, movies? It would be on and it would drag for weeks, if not months, hmm. that same movie. People would be going to see it, watching it yeah. over again. It would just be going on and on and on. Whereas the turnaround now is like three, four weeks and it's and done. And it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, done. And it's gone. You know, and spread yeah. that over the year. This thing just, just didn't make the cut. You know, no, um, I think like you said before, uh, once before, no big name actors in it. No. Of that era. There were bigger ones, so... I think that's that's its issue. It's yeah. got two of the most uncharismatic leads <laughs> you can ever hope for. Uncharismatic. You know, um, you've got, you've got the, the, the two two protagonists in this yeah. um, are incredibly weak. They're um, boring. They're, they're, not, they're not Hollywood leading stars, are they? No. So, But um, on the flip side, you've got the support, the antagonists, you've got... Bill Paxton, yes, in full-on Bill Paxton mode. He's just incredible. He, he, he kind of carried incredible. it. He kind of carried it because it made you want to watch. But he does. He's yeah. so he's so Hicks from Aliens in it. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's like they've taken they've taken Bill Paxton from Aliens. Yeah, stuck him in this film, made him a vampire, but he's still Hicks. They've let him off the leash. They've yeah. said, "Oh, yeah. you can do whatever you want." Yeah. yeah. So he's he's mugging. He's 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 um, basically chewing up the scenery in every scene, isn't yeah. he? And then you've got Lance Henriksen. Yeah, Bishop. He is lit amazingly in this film, isn't he? That, yeah. um, and then, then of course, we, we picked up on the fact that uh, 
one of the other uh, vampires, a lady there, was in um, Vasquez in uh, Aliens movie. Yeah, yeah she was. Well. Yeah, so you had not only did you have Bishop, yeah. you had Hicks and Vasquez, yes. yeah. all from Aliens, which and also in the film, which which you pointed out, Stu, is that there's a the, the cinema in the film has Aliens <laughs> is being played in it, and obviously um, the. The woman, I can't... Uh, it's a Ka- Catherine, Catherine Bigelow. This, this, is a, this is a Catherine Bigelow movie, yeah. um, which is interesting because um, she, she, I suppose she's most well-known for being the first female um, to win Best Director Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but interestingly, she, she was married to James Cameron after this point, because I've Googled it. <laughs> so she was, married, she was married to James Cameron, but there's a bleed-over between James Cameron... Um, and Catherine Bigelow yeah. and the actors involved in these movies. Yeah. Because um, these things would have taken time to write, um, produce and stuff, so there must be sort of like an overlap yeah. in their relationship possibly as well. I've got, I've got a really good one here. Um, so the cinematographer on this film, because it, it's got a very particular look of the time, isn't it? it has, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah. It's, a very, it's a very 80s yeah. film, but it's also quite... There's a lot of parts of it that wouldn't be out of place in films more yeah. modern this, this film smacks to me of young director movie maker with lots of ideas but very little budget yeah because again we looked at this earlier and this was a film that lost money on its initial release and its initial theatrical release um, but the, the cinematographer is, is a guy called Adam Greenberg um, and he's worked with Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron and some of his movies include Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Which Vasquez is in that as yeah. well. So this, yeah. is, this, is, this, is part, this is part of the crossover. Yeah, so this guy, he did Near Dark, Alien Nation, Turner and Hooch, Three Men and the Little Lady, Three Men and the Baby, Terminator 2. Um, and his career went right through. And his last film was um, Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> or, as we say, Snakes on a Motherfucking Plane. <laughs> that was his last film before he retired. Yeah, thank Jesus. you, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's an interesting film. What do you make of the film, Richard? I I liked it. I thought it was it did. It reminded me of the Lost Boys, which isn't surprising because it's released in the same year as the Lost Boys. And I think I would have imagined that the Lost Boys would have come out first. Then this maybe would have come out afterwards because there's a lot of scenes that we commented when we were watching it that were very, very Lost Boys esque. You know, like yeah. uh, you had. Black screen, car lights shining or light shining, and then then standing silhouette esque. Yeah, it was very stagey, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like every I think every single night scene was like bathed in a like a it's like a, a puddle of light. Yeah, and it was all dark around, mm-hmm. and, and there was every single like um the, the way the scenes were structured, it was all put very deliberately together. Yeah, so in the bar, the bar scene is amazing. See, I love that because that for me the. When it cuts to Lance Henriksen, that for me is probably one of the most natural scenes I've ever seen, and naturally quite scary because it's facing it's facing upwards underneath Lance Henriksen. All you've got yeah. is you've got a bit of light over his forehead and under his uh, under his chin, mm. and the rest of his face is dark, but his eyes. Lit up. It's menacing. That should have been the movie poster, shouldn't it? That is, <laughs> it is completely menacing, and that is kind of, I don't know, that just really sticks in my mind because yeah. you don't have the strong lead characters. It's the actual backup, and it, you know the backup characters that 
that pretty much run the film. They're properly they carried it. They carry it. Yeah. But they do carry they do. it. Yeah. Um, I think probably more so Paxton and Henriksen than um, definitely those two. Uh, than uh, is it Goldstein? Jeanette Goldstein. Is that who yeah, plays that's, Vasquez? That's, yeah, that's Vasquez. Yeah. Mm. I mean, she she has quite a bit in it at the beginning. Beginning of it. I mean, it was slow. It was it was slow. It was very unvampire like in terms yeah. of its in terms of the actual film itself, which I liked because it wasn't your atypical vampire yeah. film. It was very. It was like Romeo and Juliet for vampires, <laughs> really. Except yeah. he was a bit rapey. And a bit full on. <laughs> she was a bit like, oh, I don't know if this is quite right for me. Do you know what? Actually, yeah. I'm just going to bite you and turn you into a vampire instead because you're not letting me go. Mm. Uh, and then it kind of, it's like a love story over four days. He falls madly in love. And it's very, it's, it is a very, you're very much an 80s film. It is very yeah. much the 80s film. I, I really liked it. I thought it was one of those that I wish I'd seen earlier. Yeah. After I'd seen Lost Boys, because uh, before I'd seen Lost Boys, because when you compare the two, I think you said it before, it, Lost Boys had an eight and a half million pound budget and yeah. took thirty two million dollars. Thirty two yeah, million so dollars. Regardless, uh, it was a massive hit. Yeah. It? Whereas this had a five million dollar budget and only took three and a half. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I still have to question where they spent that five million dollars. Well, <laughs> it, it might have been on Henriksen's face. It certainly wasn't on the leads because no. A, a, for those who um, are not familiar with Adrian Pazdar, who's the lead in this, he's, he's not even a Jason Patrick, is he? No, you know not what I'm so You've got you've got. Um, I think he's probably best known for his work in Heroes, the American TV yeah. series. So he plays. Is it Nathan? Um, is it Petrelli in, in the in that in that Nathan Petrelli in that Petrelli. in that series? Um, but he's not had the most illustrious career in movies, and he doesn't. There's no star power, no charisma in this. No. It was if, it was as if this movie was the one that was supposed to launch him. Yeah, you know, he was given the role, and it was supposed to yeah. launch him, but. Because there were so many other movies of the, of the time, yeah. um, it, it, it didn't it didn't go as far as they wanted it to go, I guess. Yeah. And then having um, Bill Paxton um, in the back, the supporting actor, to try and give it a lift, yeah. um, which you know, he managed to carry it. But it's it was a very it's slow to start, and he didn't really know where it was going because most vampire movies, it's, there's teeth, there's blood. Um, there's you know, the super strength, but that didn't come till later, and there were never any teeth. But you suddenly found out they're not just normal people in no. the bar scene. Remember the bar scene? Yeah, that's the first time you think, Oh, hang on, they've got super strength. No, bullets that's a great scene, bullets don't affect them. Oh, I love that. That was for yeah. me, as like Richard said, for yeah. me, it was that was the, my favorite scene, yeah, because it, it was very it, it, that kind of thing kind of reminded me a bit of, of the Breakfast Club, whereas actors acting in a single area in a yeah. one room. And the the way the characters are kind of interacting with each yeah. other, and then seeing the you know the, uh, uh, the 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 faces of the other actors like what's going to happen, the, the fear and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it took a while to get going, but you just have to keep watching it once it was going. Yeah. If you could get past that, like, the you know the the first what was it half an hour. Then you kind of get sucked into it. And it has that really invasive score in this movie as well, doesn't it? It has an amazing oh. score. It's Tangerine Dream. Um, too much. Uh, score. No, but no. it's very invasive. But then again, it's if you, too much music. you say that, but if, you oh. watch, if you watch something like, um, say, Doctor Who on, on BBC, yeah. that has a very invasive score at times as well. 
where it's driven, it's the, the, the music really drives it on the narrative. And I, I think you find that as well with... Um, with, with this with one, the music was there all the time. Yes, yeah. every Even scene, when you wouldn't everything. expect it. Yeah, but that's the thing. You wouldn't expect it. And then what was happening is it was actually um, drowning out the dialogue. So sometimes I'm sort of what I'm watching it, and thinking, "What do they say?" I can't. Am I concentrating on the music? Am I trying to listen to what they're saying? And then you, you just don't hear what's going on. You kind of miss something in the in the movie, I think, when that happens. And the fact it was done by Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream, yeah. It was as if they said somebody said, "Look, you know, you're doing the soundtrack. You're the guys. Just fill it, fill yeah. it with stuff." I mean, and, there were a got, few scenes that there was a few scenes that didn't have it in, like when his dad wakes up. For about four, four or five minutes, there was no music, and then just that was it. And then the music just kicked in. But it, it was. I thought it was a really great soundtrack. It, it, it was definitely eighty synth pop. Oh yeah, um, I mean the soundtrack was good. There's just too much of it. There was too much of it. <laughs> but then, but then you could say the same for quite a lot of the eighties film. They were packed with music. music, and it was like you had to have the music hmm. to set the scene to help bolster what's going on on the screen as if the viewer couldn't grasp the the seriousness the silliness the the drama behind yeah. it it needed that to to bolster it whereas i think they, they tried to bolster it because the the actual um dialogue was quite lacking i thought and they were trying to bolster it it was it was like it, the balance was off it was just a little bit too much music and not enough Dialogue. I think this is an embryonic filmmaker's movie. Yeah. This is somebody experimenting. And like Catherine Bigelow. Well, that came through. That definitely yeah, she, came she, through. Yeah. You know, give her another 10, 20 years and she's making these, these big... Mm. Well, she's making films. The Hurt Locker. She's making yeah. Zero yeah. Dark Thirty. Yeah. Oscar winners, mm. you know. Yeah. So it's not it's like... A young, it's a young filmmaker making this yeah. film. What I found quite telling, it's something Richard picked up on as well, which I thought was very interesting. The scenes where it needs some sort of exposition or to drive forward the movie, like the scenes with the cops. Yeah. Um, she hasn't got time for those, Catherine Bigelow. No. no. Get it going. <laughs> she gives it like a few seconds and it's on to the next part. It's all this film's all about atmosphere, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So the actual, the, the little, little bits that kind of, the, the sort of the sinews and the, the connect the, the, the narrative together, we haven't got time for it. But then you wouldn't, in modern day films, those, like I said, those, those police interactions they would last about yeah. 20 minutes yeah. and they would literally focus on well what are the police doing how are they going to do this whereas like you said she's just like nah sod this yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> 10 it, seconds what, what are you going to do about it cut yeah, to the next scene yeah. it wasn't necessary to the, uh, the, the movie um, to the point where it, all it was there to do was to, as a vehicle to say he's searching for his son so he's out with his daughter, because you see the two of them, yeah, yeah. searching for the son. So you know they're searching, they're out there going, and then when he phoned, got that, uh, made that call back, I'm going in the wrong direction, I'm going to try going north. Yeah. So that was just to show, these, then of course, when the, the daughter is seen by that uh, young vampire, when she was at the coat machine, it was like, well, what's she doing there? Of course, she, yeah. they're searching as well. So it kind of tied in nicely that way, but yeah, it just—it was as if she just couldn't be bothered. It was like, this is what I'm trying to say. They're searching. That's why they're at the mo- going to be at the motel, and that was it. The police thing was just an incident thing, which had to go in there, really. Yeah. I think you need—they needed to have it in there, but she probably made the right decision to not focus on it mm. because the police didn't really play much of a part, except for when they go to the hotel. That is literally it. They, the they, bungalow. The bungalow. They, they don't. <laughs> They played zero part in this yeah. film. Yeah. At all. I'll tell you what does draw heavily on this movie and also on um, uh, 
on um, Lost Boys. You found a Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, because if you look at that, that is drawing heavily on this. But in actual fact, when they go to the scenes with the cops and stuff in Stranger Things, they, they really drag that out. Yeah. Where it's different. But that definitely draws upon this world. That's, if you've not seen it, Lee. That's, no, I've not uh, seen Stranger Things. So it's, it's a Netflix original series. And oh, is it Jason Bateman? It's the, set, the second season. It's called Winona Ryder. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and it basically draws upon all these 80s movies, the kind of the Spielberg oh, right. um, kind of a, a movie thing. And all, all these movies, like the 87 actually, um, Fright Night came out in the same year as well. Mm. So Fright Night was another another vampire movie. Mm. And not, not the remake, this is the original one. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who's in it. Roddy McDowell is in that. <laughs> he's the, From Planet of the Apes. He's, the, he's, he's yeah. the vampire hunter in that movie. But no, I think I'm glad we watched it because it's a it's a gap. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it it was it was definitely one that I will remember mm. for good reasons and bad reasons. Wooden dialogue, wooden acting from mm. the leads. Yeah. Um, whereas the supporting cast is so much stronger. Yeah. Um, but the score, I think, very much is, is because I love eighties. Some of the visuals are really great, weren't they? Yeah, oh, some of the some of the some of the cinematography, some of the scenes yeah. were they were perfect. I mean, you couldn't pick fault with them. But there is a lot. There's a lot of the backlit smoke machines, silhouetted yeah. figures. You know, this is eighties music video. Eighties, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but that sort of stuff is yeah. great. That's what modern films are lacking. <laughs> yeah. Modern films nowadays they lack that the the simple touch. A lot of the a lot of this film was very very simple. The only Real telling part for CGI was the end bit. The end yeah. bit, though, yeah, yeah. With that the, that with was flames in the land. That was pretty much yeah. the only the only real edited part where you can see that they weren't yeah. actually there. Whereas the rest were quite believable that they were maybe wearing fireproof suits and you know. So at eighty seven, we, we were thinking that digital compositing would have been early stages. Yeah, early early stages. I would I would have thought so. Very well, you look what you look at Terminator. You know, you're talking, talking, guys. I'm going to just go and Google that. They, <laughs> they, they do the similar stuff in, in like Terminator, in Robocop. Yeah. They, they have the, the similar sort of shots where it's been edited in post production yeah. mm-hmm. and they're trying to, to kind of take the scene and bung this additional layer over the top of the scene and make it fit. And you can, you can see where it's just sliding slightly and, and looks out of place. Be, because it is digital, it's not natural. Yeah. It is digital, and you can see it. That was that was clear. A lot of this movie, there were some scenes where CGI would have been used nowadays. But what they actually did with standard, like you say, um, you know, fireproof, uh, full flame kind of actor sort of roles was um, it hit you? It was like, wow, that's actually happening. Um, or you know, how how did they do that without the digital side? Yeah. Um, but that all kind of came sort of like halfway and then towards the end. But at the beginning, it was for me. At the beginning, it was: Do I really want to sit here and watch this, or am I going to fall asleep? Or, oh, I'll give it a little while. I think yeah. just and because it, it was, it, yeah. I think just because it was slow. It, it was, was just, it was just slow getting into it, and then <laughs> you just. But then it just kind of the pace goes from like zero to to a hundred, mm. like instantly as soon as. As soon as it, it starts picking up with the, when they meet each other, when they kind of 
you know, they pick him up, they stick him in the van, he starts to go through the... The vampire... Know, what yeah, am I... Withdrawal, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much <laughs> when he has to make his first feed and stuff. Yeah. Then it starts to really pick up pace. That's when, it, that's when it starts to get interesting. Up to that point, you're just thinking, well, you know, they haven't got pointy teeth, they've not really killed anybody. But you, yeah, that's the thing, though. You don't see pointy teeth, you don't yeah. see misshapen um, features on the face. Yeah. You do notice with Lance uh, Henriksen, his fingernails they get considerably yes, larger that. and same with um, Paxton as well their, their hands you can see that their nails are considerably larger but they don't make a big fuss about it no. not like they do in other vampire movies where it's like rah here I am I'm a vampire look at my face look at my eyes yeah, but they have to totally spell everything yeah. out yeah, yeah they spell everything it, out but this one was more subtle the, I think these, that's the word it was the, very subtle these are interesting these characters they're not the, the, the sort of suave aristocratic vampires of no. Interview with the Vampire with Tom Cruise and Brad and, and, and there was something you picked these, you, are, you, these are predators aren't they that's really? right there was something you picked up on which is, I thought was brilliant was the fact that um, they don't stay in one place they're nomadic aren't they they're nomadic because if you did stay in one place like uh, when we watched The Lost Boys there were those um, missing persons posters somebody would go yeah. hang on a minute why are there so many people missing? But even the time? granddad at the end of the Lost Boys says the the main problem with Santa Carla is all the goddamn vampires. vampires yeah. So it's like people know, but don't do anything but you're about right. it. When they first go into the in Lost Boys, when the first time it's seen, but it's got the aerial shot, which yeah. would now be done with a drone or a UAV. Yeah, um, it's got on there murder capital of the USA, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so this makes sense. These are nomadic. They're predators. These, yeah. these are monstrous. Um, creatures aren't they they're, but, they're not but they don't mess around because they, they like in the bar scene they kill yeah. and then they burn everything yeah. they torch it and that threw me I thought why are they just, they've got a really good RV there they've got away and why are they burning it yeah. and then it was this whole trail thing and they're not trying to you know leave any evidence behind which, which is actually quite makes sense it, it's quite subtle happen, but yeah. it's quite clever that's what would happen if it was for real you know, yes you know yeah um, you and then, and then the fact that um, when they, they, they burnt, they moved on, and then when they're in, after the bar scene, that guy got away. Yeah. Who Bill Paxton's character let go. Um, no, it wasn't. It was uh, Adam no, Pazner. Yeah, sorry, yeah, you're right. Yes, sorry, got that one wrong. Not Bill Paxton. Um, but when, when that uh, guy got let go, and then Lance Henriksen said, you know, they're going to come looking for us, then he's, he's going to go straight to the police, exactly what would happen in real life. Yeah. Whereas in the Lost Boys, there wasn't any. In fact, did we see any police in Lost Boys? He did it right at the very, very beginning. He was like a mall cop type um, peer cop, and he got killed because he chucked them off of the fairground ride, didn't he? Oh, right. Yeah, and, and that then, was it. That was it. That was literally the only yeah. police you ever saw in the entire film. But at least with this one, there was more. It was. It, this was. The story was more believable in this one, I think. The story in this one, you know, the, the vampires aren't flying and that kind of stuff. This was more believable. They come in, they hunt. They draw blood. We say not believable, but you were moaning about the blood transfusion. <laughs> well, I wasn't moaning about that. No, I was Richard. That was Richard. I was moaning about it because it's just totally... Dr. Richard, sorry. Well, yeah. you know, you have X amount of pints in your body. I don't know. I think it's six. I don't know. He would, to completely clear the system and cure him, inverted commas, he would have to have literally, instead of watering it down, he would have to physically... Empty his entire body. Yeah, but it might meat. be like Robinson's barley water. It might be like um, well, diluted. Diluted. Yeah. Eight, eight to one dilution yeah. or something. Well, it's, it's, it's a good idea. I like the way it, it came out at the end, especially the fact that he managed to save the girl. You Do you know? know what I think? That the amazing thing about this this movie is that this is a vampire movie, and this is like made thirty years ago. Yeah. So going back to the first big landmark vampire movie, nineteen twenty-two, Nosferatu, mm-hmm. um, and you know we're not far off hundred years, are we? No. And hundred years of cinema. 
vampires are still capturing the imagination of the public, aren't they? Yeah. You know, on the yeah. small screen, the big screen, and we're not too far out of True Blood was a massive hit on TV. But we'll, we'll, we'll forget about the Twilight series. Well, the, but again, it was massive, wasn't it? You it know? was big. I've seen a better love story between two turds. But that's such a show in itself, isn't it? A yeah. hundred years. Yeah, the vampire of, story. Of, of, of is... vampire movies. Why does it still capture people's um, imagination? Yeah. I think it's the storytelling behind it, and it's the myth, isn't it? Same yeah. with werewolves. It's the same with any other mythical creature. Mm. It's like... It's like the parents pass those myths on to their kids, yeah. and the kids then pick it up, and they then do. And it, it, it's good that there are films still about it because if there were no films about vampires or werewolves, yeah. people would probably forget yeah, the same yeah. as they do with most things because now everything's digital. If it's not, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Yeah. Whereas, I think the vampires are, are actually. The, the thought of a vampire is quite scary. And recently they've tried to kind of... Um, I think they've tried to re- recreate the, uh, the, yes, the feel by using... Um, not clowns, what's the thing? Zombies. Yes. But zombies kind of tend to be a bit jokey. It's the undead. Yeah. Well, The Walking Dead is one of the biggest series. If you look at, look at Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones is the big threat from the north of the world. Oh, the undead. It's the undead, the undead. isn't it? You know, it's the White Walkers. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. But vampires has this other otherworldly kind of thing, which you know really. But the actual the model of the vampire changes because the model of the vampire Max Max Shrek in nineteen twenty two Nosferatu was a horrible, horrific creature. He was Massive a ghoul. nose. Yeah, he's a ghoul. But yeah, Bela Lugosi in the nineteen thirties was the, was introduced that he was a Hungarian suave um, version, the aristocratic vampire. But then it changes throughout history until you get to Twilight, and he's a, a moody, <laughs> moody t- teenager. Um, but then let's not forget yeah. Blade or Underworld. Yeah, Blade, yeah. yeah. You know, two, again, both vampires, but completely different. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's... I've got a weakness for Blade, I must say. I know you shouldn't really like Blade. But I, like, I, like, I like it. I like it. I like the second one. It's got a great opening sequence. Yeah. And I like the fact one. that it's got half of Bross in it. Oh, yeah. It actually has, doesn't it? <laughs> Luke Goss is in it. Luke, Luke, Luke Goss, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. the man. Goss. Is he in the third one, though? Yeah. The third one. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's in the third or whether he's part he's in the, it. He's uh, definitely the main pr- protagonist in the second one yeah. because he's the evolution of uh, of the vampire as such, where his face caves open and you know it's, it's literally like a mixture between vampire and face hugger from Aliens. Have you have you guys seen what we do in the shadows? No, no. Right, it's it's. I don't know if you've got Netflix. It's available on Netflix, yeah. and it's um. Do you know the flight of the Concords? The, com- the comedians, yeah. the New Zealand guys. Watch what we do in the shadows. It's it won loads of movie awards, and it's a it's a it's a comedy, but it plays on all these tropes. Everything we talked about. So basically, it's about some vampires who live in a house in Wellington, New Zealand, and how they get along with their everyday lives. And it's filmed like a reality TV series. Okay. So you got yeah, the that eight, would be you got the eight thousand year old one who lives in the cellar, who's a bit like Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. And you've got the dandy, and and basically they're arguing about who's going to do the washing up. It's um, <laughs> okay. it's quality. It's really really good. Yeah, it's loads of water. Water. What we do in the shadows, recommend it. Wow. Okay, so near dark. Then, if we were to give it out of, mm. out of five, what would we give it? What well, would you? I would give it probably a four out of five because I thought it was actually quite a, overall when you take into account cinematography. Um, 
post production, mm-hmm. the uh, the supporting cast, the uh, the scenery, the overall storyboard of it. I I thought it was quite strong. I'd give it a four out of five. It's, it's, it's the old question: How do you rate films? This is a thirty-year-old movie. Yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm excited because I got to see something which I should have seen thirty years ago, really. Yeah, um, but I'm not viewing it. In this, you know, in those 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 thirty years after that film was made, the bar has been raised in every single category, isn't it? Yeah. But in terms of what I saw, I give it. I give it a four out of five. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think four out of five is definitely um, the area to go for. But I think I'd need to sort of break it down a few bits because, like, four out of five for the whole movie, yeah. But then I'd give it maybe I'd give it a six for introducing well, new. Please go beyond the five. Now. Please go beyond the five. Yeah, I'm sorry, but there were certain aspects in it which were like, wow, that's that's yeah. really cool. You know, that that that's that's a good way of doing it. But then there are some terrible bits. Uh, you know. So what, one thing I would say, right? We're going back to eighty-seven. If we watched that film with a sample of films from 87, mm. that wouldn't look anywhere near as dated. It's because the context we're watching it in. It wouldn't that, look da- was, it w- that was an innovative no, movie. It, w- it wouldn't look dated, but then the, the, the way the story progressed, that was the other thing, the way the story progressed was not um, as you would have expected it. No. It was too slow. Um, there wasn't... It was too, the other thing, small budget, not a lot happening during the day. A lot of it was in the dark yeah. and... I don't really like films. I just totally in the dark as well. So, yeah, four and a half as an overall. Um, six for certain aspects of them bringing stuff to out the table five. and trying it. No, out of ten, and then um, you got to do it out of five. Out of five. Oh, oh. We're, we're going to have to go up to an eight now, Richard. Oh, if it's oh out, no. Okay, no, it's, out, it's out of five. So if I'm, giving it, five, I'm giving it four out of five. Oh, no. If it, if it's out of five, I'd only give it like a, a two and a half. For the whole thing. Really? Yeah, really? Definitely. Two and a half, maybe a three. So five out of ten. I then. wouldn't give it any more. I wouldn't give it any more than that. Yeah. I would not give it any more than that. Um, if it was at the cinema and I went to see it, I probably would have walked out after 20 minutes. <laughs> savage. Seriously, that's very savage. savage. But, because if you think about what was around then, yeah. else was around then, that stuff grabbed you from the off. This but but not we're not watching you. it then, we're watching it now. And knowing what we yeah. know about films and from that era, you can take that film as an anomaly of its own accord out of the equation from all of the big blockbusters and watch it on its own merits as an individual film. And that's what I'm doing. If I was comparing it to Lost Boys, to Beverly Hills Cop, it wouldn't even be comparable in terms of overall impact. But because it's it's individual, I'm taking it as an... Personally, I'm taking it as an anomaly from that era. This this wasn't trying to do the same thing that Lost Boys was doing. This was trying to do something else. It was trying to be more... um, New. This, this, was this, was, this, was, uh, features, this new. was a ninety-minute MTV music video. So, if, if you take yeah. it, if you take it on its own, if it's on its own merit, sat down there, you know, having, uh, doing a review on it, um, out of five, yeah, that's just three. It was okay. Well, we're going to push him up to a four. No, 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 no. I'm not going to a four. I'm not going to a four. It was a three. It wasn't one. I would not go and watch it again. I think that's the telling thing. I wouldn't yeah. sit down and think, right, I'm going to watch this again. So, so, so we're, we're basically calling it at about 3.8 out of 5. So the 750... On average. 753 Club. I'm, I'm just giving it... A, 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 753 <laughs> Club. 753 Club. I like that. Uh, no, I, I really would give it a 3. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to go much more than yeah, that. Because so, I wouldn't watch it again. I would but you're glad you saw it, though. I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I actually... One of the bits I liked about it was the fact to be able to, to look at the characters and go... Wasn't she and him and him in that same movie, another movie together? 
yeah. then make the connections with... And there are other characters yeah. that I think we need to do that with. Uh, yeah, and to make those connections. Yeah. So obviously um, Catherine Bigelow yeah. um, uh, and James Cameron um, with the alien connection. They were an item after this, but two years after this they got married. Okay, so so there's some dating period beforehand, but they've stuck. With, oh, I've got so I've got a really good bit of trip for. Well, them, they, eh? the fact that they stuck with the same three characters from one movie to another, they knew that there was something going on there. Yeah, you know, so I'm sure they get comfortable with actors as well, yeah, don't yeah. they? Yeah, it's a bit like Tim Burton's a bit too comfortable with Johnny Depp. Isn't it? <laughs> but true. Um, yeah, interesting bit of trivia. Um, when uh, Catherine Bigelow was going for the was up for best director for Zero Dark Thirty. She was up against James Cameron for Avatar, oh, and they they'd been long divorced by that point. Yeah. So just yeah, the, what it was like this tension, whether they've got a friendly relationship or not, I don't, I don't know. know. That'd be, that's actually quite. But she must have been quite yeah. Yeah, she must have been quite like. <laughs> you may have the top grace of films of all gotcha. time, James, but I've, I've just taken the Oscar. I've just taken the Oscar out of your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So but it, it was it was the links, the links to seeing the characters um, in other films together, um, and then the other films being. One one quick question, right? Yeah. Before, before we, Richard tells us to stop, because I'm sure he wants to do that at some point. Um, what? So we we missed this. This is a one missing from the resume. So we've filled this in now. Yeah. We've, we've done Near Dark. So what are the films that we've all missed? The, the big films that you haven't seen? Because I've got one. I've got a classic which I haven't seen. So I kick off. Go on. Yeah, go on. I've never seen ET. Yeah, I know. It's mad, isn't it? That is unbelievable. How could you have not seen I don't, that? I don't know. I, I think everybody's got a big film they've not seen, and I've not seen E.T. Have I got one? I... I don't think I've got a big film that I've never seen. I've seen at least all the big films. Don't embarrass me. At least once. I can't say I've not seen a big film. I don't think. Um, I'm trying to think of a genre that I've not been interested in, but... No. I can't. There is. Okay, I've not. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I've not seen um, Dirty Dancing all the way through. I've, I've never seen Dirty Dancing. I've seen snippets. Um, you you know, know what? This is doubly embarrassing. You haven't seen that. <laughs> I'm not asking Dirty Dancing either. <laughs> no, that, that's not embarrassing. That's great. Right. Oh. <laughs> no, just never. Seen it? I've not seen. I've not I seen it. Um, I can't think of a big film that I haven't seen. Um, it's I a very interesting question, though. I, I yeah. honestly don't. I honestly don't know. I can't think of. Think of a genre. You don't you're like. younger than us, guys. So you, there must be gaps. The Maybe in some of the like real older stuff, but. Um, a musical, maybe, or something. Or do you like music? Have you been the right way? The right way through Kubrick's. Do you know what? I have haven't. Been, you've done 2001 A Space Odyssey. I've seen that. I haven't seen The Clockwork Orange. There you go. Oh, so that's that. that's. Yeah. I haven't seen The Clockwork Orange. Maybe that's a future one. Shampoo. Too, yeah. I haven't seen that one either. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it's that. <laughs> haven't seen My Little Pony the film. I'm not going well, to. My Little Pony? <laughs> no, yeah, that's no, not a connection. No, don't go there. No, no, no. Don't. Which, is obviously, which is why I brought it up because it's part of DEG. There was a little pony in Near Dark. Which was a, very yeah, afraid of the um, yeah, very afraid of the, the, the vampire. That was a big pony, was it? That was a big pony. Yeah, yeah that was commonly known as a horse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So shall we? Shall we agree on three point eight? Yeah. Three point eight for the film. <sighs> well, I'm not going to four, so three point eight will be. Good. I'd say yeah. approach with caution for the younger audience out there. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. probably wouldn't. We're probably far more forgiving. I think about a film like this. And it's full of flaws and foibles that a younger audience yeah. might be. 
Um, but if you're somebody who wants to explore what Catherine Bigelow's done, I think, yeah, yeah. I'd recommend it. If you've seen Aliens, you'll want to see this. Yes. Yeah. Because then you'll be able to Purely just for the connection. Just, just watch it for Bill Paxton, he goes mad. Yeah, Bill Paxton, yeah. is, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a film stealer. He's off the leash, isn't he? Is. Yeah. yeah. He's an absolute a, film stealer. Yeah, nobody's telling him no on the set of this movie. <laughs> Excellent. It's like it. Good. Right, that's it. 3.8 out of 5. Yeah, 3.8. Thanks, Richard. Thank you very much, guys. See you later. The Film and TV Show with Richard S. <laughs> <laughs>